Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on the screen porch after a very chilly night. It was like 40 degrees and I didn't sleep out here. And it's warming up to 65 again, that fall shift going on, so lovely. Thanks to those that reached back about saving snapping turtles lift spirits. It's heartwarming to hear how many of us love turtles and would have stepped in to help the large snapping turtle cross the road safely. Blaine wrote, Mary, love the snapping turtle piece. Your podcast gives me hope for a broken planet. Thank you, Blaine. Let us never give up hope that more will be kinder to the gifts of our dear Earth and all that live in it. I appreciate all that you do and share to help our mission. You may recall we spoke with Blaine in episode 123, Keeping Lighting Pollinator Friendly. And, of course, he shared his stunning photographs in our woodcock dance, Making a Meadow, a story that was featured in 101. Another kind reader wrote in, Why the utility glove in the mouth? Caesar likely devised the idea to keep the turtle from struggling to bite. It worked. She seemed calm and dropped the glove and dove back into the pond when he placed her on the ground. A happy outcome. Thank you for reading the column and listening to the podcast. And that goes for you, kind listeners. One of the stories I didn't get to share last week is about a patient's pet at the Karen and Quinlan Home for Hospice. Myrna named the turtle Julie when her son found her. It was in July, five years ago. He stopped to save the painted turtle from being hit on the road. Ken Roberts and I so enjoyed our weekly visits with Myrna. She was such a delight. And Julie was very well fed all during her months there. One of the caregivers who tended to the tank noticed scales from her shell peeling off with the new growth below. She was such a fun turtle to watch. Months later, I wore my turtle necklace and leaned over to greet Myrna. She was not able to speak much anymore. She smiled and pointed to my necklace and then to Julie in the aquarium next to her with a smile on her face. It was a precious moment. We did get to meet her son a few days before Myrna passed away, and we shared how much we enjoyed visiting his mom and chatting and how much she loved the gospel music and the classic hymns. I asked him, Why was this that she loved the turtle Julie so much? And he said, we always loved turtles. And often we'd find baby snapping turtles that mom would bring in and raise until they began to snap at her. And then we'd let them go. So when the painted turtle came along, it became a beloved pet. It's true, the painted turtles make an excellent pet because they are so docile in their nature. But they do live 20 to 40 years. So it's a commitment, as is any pet. One of the kind caregivers adopted Julie and took her home as their pet, and she went through some grieving, she said. And pets do. I witnessed it years ago when I lost Sadie, the litter mate of my dear Sarah. Anyway, as I look around, I see the leaves changing, but many have dropped dry, never having changed color, likely due to the spring drought, followed by our wet summer. Tired leaves fall early. At the same time, many are still fully green, And there's hope for glorious fall colors to come. And also, leaves are not dead when they fall. They are merely in transition to the next vital role in their life. 
After photosynthesizing and giving life to the tree, they will decompose and put nutrients back in the soil for the next season of growth, much like our generations to come. The gifts you give, the love you share, pass forward, and in so doing, our spirits live forever. Speaking of leaves, I love the crow sound. <laughs> Speaking of leaves, I am worried about Mr. Beach, the tree that graces the front of our home and protects us from the summer sun. I adore viewing it from the bedroom window each morning. This season it contracted beech leaf disease, a nematode that has spread aggressively. According to the University of Rhode Island, the beech leaf disease is a serious threat to our Native American beech trees as well as the ornamental European beech. The disease has spread quickly from Ohio since it first was detected in 2012, and now it's in 12 states and one Canadian province, Ontario. Beech leaf disease is caused by a foliar nematode. Nematodes, by the way, are microscopic worms, so you cannot see them. We don't know where they came from or how it has spread so quickly, but they think that birds are likely involved with transporting the nematodes. The site says that there are some fertilization strategies that are encouraging that use a phosphite product known as polyphosphite 30. I'll put a link in the show notes because there were some other strategies they spoke about. It makes me think of all the ash trees that we've lost with the emerald ash borer. And I worry that the beech trees are going to have a similar fate, although I'm not giving up hope. Beech leaf disease starts out with a few leaves having dark bands between its leaf veins, and as the disease progresses, more leaves become affected. The dark bands become darker, the leaves look leathery, and the edges brown and curl. I am so concerned about Mr. Beech and the smaller young trees around our property, but I hug Mr. Beach and tell him, you'll be okay, you're strong and have endurance, and you'll ride this out as you did last fall when a very large limb came tumbling down. It made me so sad because it followed after we did some pruning of the branches that were overcoming the roof, and so I believe the tree had to get back in balance and drop that huge branch. Typically, Mr. Beach holds onto many leaves during the winter that turn golden brown, I enjoy the dance in the winter wind from my window. So I ask myself, once the diseased leaves drop to the ground, should I gather them, bag them up, and put them in the regular trash to prevent spread so that the nematode doesn't get into the soil? Or is it a hopeless cause? No, never give up hope. And never forget the power of our minds and hearts. I'll pick up the leaves. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com so I know this story was a kind of a mix of the continuum of the turtles and uh, the story of Myrna and her beloved pet Julie and uh, how leaves do go through cycles and sometimes trees do too. So I do hope that the beech trees are spared. But you know, it's interesting as I look around the forest here and see where trees have fallen, New trees are colonizing that are benefiting from the nutrients of the fallen trees and leaves before them. So you see, the cycle of life never really ends. It continues, which always gives us the feeling of hope. So thanks so much for coming by. I always look forward to our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, I would so appreciate more of you providing a review or giving us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined, because for some magical reason, the more we have, the more we'll find us to learn and grow in the garden of life. Thanks again. See you next time on the screen porch.
Listen to the crows. I think I should write a story about crows. What do you think? Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.